What guy doesn't want to maximize their testosterone? Through using all natural and organic ingredients, men now have an option for a locally made paraben and sulfate-free shampoo, conditioner, and face wash. Not only does Dude's Manly products smell great, which drives ladies crazy, by the way. In a good way, they put a unique spin on their shampoo with it actually having a dark gray color because of the coconut shell charcoal that is used to remove the toxins. Dude can be purchased at the Tulsa Men's Shop and also online at www.dudemanlystuff.com. That's D-O-O-D, manlystuff.com. This is Dr. Chad Edwards, and you're listening to podcast number 90 of Against the Grain. This is Diana Edwards, and I'm here with Dr. Chad Edwards. In our last episode, number 89, we discussed genetic SNPs. However, Dr. Chad was not quite done. He had a little bit more to say. So <laughs> what say you, sir? <laughs> so, yeah, last time we talked about these genetic SNPs or single nucleotide polymorphisms. And this is a huge topic. And the more I got to thinking about it, there's there's some other stuff that I want you guys to understand uh, to the best of your ability because I think it important impacts your overall health and uh, how we can, you know, especially within functional medicine, how we can affect change in your overall health. And a lot of it has to do with some of these genetic variations. Uh, so I wanted to spend a little bit more time uh, talking about that. And I'm pretty excited about this. There's some cool stuff. Oh, yeah. I can see you geeking out. <laughs> so, but you, you're going to be excited about this too. So, you know, you don't, Obviously. you don't know me very well. <laughs> <laughs> so no, we're going to make you excited. Okay. Trust me. Okay. Everybody listening, you're going to be like, wow, that's the most cool stuff I've ever heard. Here we go. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> so, you know, we talked about these genetic SNPs or single nucleotide polymorphisms. Well, as I got to thinking about that and, uh, and thinking about how what we do, you know, the nutrition that we eat, the medications that we use, the supplements that we recommend, uh, how why these things play a role. And so, you know, when I got to thinking about, you know, we do a lot of bioidentical hormone replacement, we'll use hormone pellets, uh, which obviously we do in the clinic. And I highly recommend for uh, men and women who need hormone replacement or optimization. We'll often recommend that those patients take a supplement with a combination of methane or DIM and glucoraphin. Now, both of those things are broccoli seed extracts. And why do we recommend them? Well, we recommend them because it helps with estrogen metabolism. So, you know, one of the most common questions that I get in regards to bioidentical hormone replacement therapy is, well, what about estrogen and breast cancer? Now, that will be the topic of a, another podcast in the near future, but I will argue over and over and over again that it is not so much the estrogen as it is the estrogen metabolism. So I will sit here and explain this hormone optimization pathway, which I know I've discussed at least on some level in previous podcasts, um, go through there and, and take a look at the hormone replacement estrogen uh, bioidentical hormone uh, podcast that I've done in the past, and I will intro those topics. But I think all of those things play a role or the, or the genetic SNPs and the manipulation of them, meaning uh, how do we turn the enzyme up or down or how do we induce the DNA to express more of that enzyme or how do we shut that down and the nutritional supplements that we recommend, in this case specifically uh, that combination uh, product, 
uh, and we call it Hormone Foundation. It has diendylmethane and glucoraphanin. I think it's a great supplement. works very, very well uh, for trying to enhance how you metabolize your estrogens. So I, you know, the, a, a picture is worth a thousand words and I should, we should probably put this in the show notes, uh, Absolutely. This, this diagram. And most people, when they look at this diagram, they're like, are you kidding me? Uh, I mean, it's, it looks very complex, but you can break it down and, and maybe I need to redraw it and put it in just three different things. Uh, that may be the, the best way. You know, if we do a Dutch test, uh, which is a dry urine test for complete hormones, um, if we do one of those, if we've done uh, saliva, well, mainly urine for the complete hormones, uh, then you will see the three different types of estrogen metabolites. And there's three different pathways. There's the preferred pathway, which is 2-hydroxyestrogen, whether it's estradiol or estrone. Uh, there's the 16-hydroxy, and there's the 4-hydroxy. And when we're talking about estrogen metabolism, we want those estrogens to go through the 2-hydroxy pathway. That's the preferred pathway. So how do we, um, how do we prevent it from going through either the 16 or the 2-hydroxy pathway? Well, we do that by some of these nutritional supplements. And the reason for that is because nutritional supplements can induce or turn up some of these enzymes that are controlled by these genetic SNPs. So I wanted to take an example. Last time I used MTHFR, this time because we're expanding this topic a little bit, I want to talk about uh, the, uh, the CYP1A1 and A2 as well as the CYP1B1. And we're going to spend most of our time talking about the 1A1, 1A2 uh, because those those CYP450 enzymes, as part of what we call the cytochrome P450 enzymes, they are responsible for breaking down a whole lot of chemicals, a whole lot of um, uh, drugs, chemicals, things like that, uh, and, and things like antidepressants like amitriptyline and um, uh, imipramine and some atypical antipsychotics like Haldol. Uh, caffeine can go through this enzyme at least a little bit. Melatonin, uh, theophylline, uh, some of your antidepressants. Estradiol is definitely one of them. We're going to talk about that. Um, ondansetron, which is Zofran, propranolol, uh, verapamil, warfarin. All of these things can go through uh, through this uh, this enzyme pathway. So when you take, you, so you have this enzyme, and its job is to basically hydroxylate this chemical, which it, or it, it, uh, it alters this chemical, uh, whatever it is that we're talking about. So in this case, we're talking about estrogen and then some of the others, uh, you know, that they're, they're like caffeine, you know, we're breaking these things down or we're trying to metabolize these things. So you have one enzyme that's trying to break down all these chemicals. Well, if you flood your system with a whole lot of chemicals, like a whole lot of caffeine or a whole lot of um, Haldol or a whole lot of estradiol or flexoril, which is a muscle relaxer, or a number of these other chemicals, then it inhibits that ability, that enzyme in some of the other pathways. Uh, so you're flooding your system with a bunch of things and hoping that it will break it down. Now, that's just what we, then that's what we call competitive inhibition, where you just, you're flooding the system and it's trying to do the best it can. But you also have a case where you can induce this enzyme. So that's where you're kind of revving that enzyme up, expressing more genetically, increasing the activity of that enzyme. 
And there are a few chemicals that can do this. Things like Cipro. It's an antibiotic. Some of the other fluoroquinolones can do this. An SSRI, antidepressant fluvoxamine. Um, the Verapamil. St. John's Wort can do this. Um, the old school Tagamet, one of the H2 receptor blockers for the stomach. Uh, or I'm sorry, receptor antagonist uh, for the stomach. Caffeine can do this. Echinacea can do it. Uh, and then uh, there's some other things like grapefruit juice uh, can actually alter or or in, inhibit. Did I say induce? You said induce. I'm sorry. Take all those chemicals. They inhibit this enzyme. So go. what that means is that you can't break down. We're talking about estrogen in this case. So you can't break down the estradiol effectively through that 2-hydroxy pathway. And remember, that's the pathway that we want to go through. So if you're trying to break down these estrogens, one of two things is going to happen. You're either going to build up or have an excessive amount of these estrogens, or you're going to go through one of the other pathways. You're going to go through with a 16 or the 4-hydroxy pathway, which you don't want those. You want to go through the 2-hydroxy pathway. So you want to do things that help inhibit that enzyme, meaning it backs things up. Uh, so, but there are some other things that you can do that induce this enzyme, meaning that it revs it up. Uh, so this is what we want to focus on. Um, so things like tobacco, ironically, wow, don't use tobacco, don't, not yeah, preferred bad, method, bad, don't do that. Uh, but some of your, um, some of your broccoli cruciferous vegetable things like cauliflower, uh, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, um, interestingly, char grilled meats can in, induce this enzyme. Um, insulin, uh, modafinil, uh, which is a, um, I think that's, uh, provigil if I remember right. Um, and, and, uh, omeprazole, the proton pump inhibitor also don't do, don't do that. You'll have to stay tuned to a future podcast and we'll talk about why proton pump inhibitors can increase your risk of cardiovascular disease, which is a very interesting topic to me. Um, and one of the many reasons that I do what I can to get people off of those medications. Um, so You've got these inhibitors, the drugs like ciprofloxacin and St. John's wort and cimetidine or, or um, uh, tagamet. Antibiotics. And some of the antibiotics, yeah. um, you know, and those kinds of things that will inhibit it, making where you cannot break down the estradiol uh, to, or the estrogens to the one that you want to make. You can't go through the 2-hydroxy pathway or it slows that process down. And then the flip side of that is you got some things that you can do to help increase that enzyme, that CYP1A1, 1A2, uh, so that you break these down through the optimal pathway, through that 2-hydroxyestradiol pathway um, to make sure that you are optimizing your overall estrogen uh, metabolism. And I, I uh, and then there is some literature in, uh, in, in regards to this that... Uh, women that had uh, breast cancer, when they looked at the tissues, they actually had very high levels of the 4-hydroxyestradiol, and that's the one, one of the ones that you don't want. And it's the 4-hydroxy that's the really bad one. And if you can't methylate, so go back and listen to um, the, uh, our podcast on MTHFR. If you don't methylate well, then going through phase 1 detoxification which is what we're talking about in the 4 hydroxy 2 hydroxy that hydroxylation that's phase 1 detoxification and if you cannot methylate which is part of phase 2 uh, detoxification then you have a buildup in these 4 hydroxy estrogens which are potentially carcinogenic because they will convert over into 3 4 quinones and that's bad juju 
And there are things that we can do. There's also nutritional supplements that are very beneficial for trying to prevent that. But the, uh, uh, these broccoli seed extracts, the broccoli, the, uh, um, methane, uh, the glucoraphanin, there is some really good evidence. In fact, the glucoraphanin, uh, the intellectual property of Johns Hopkins, uh, university, they're the ones that kind of developed it and, and, um, and formulated that. And there are, I think, 400 plus studies showing anti-cancer benefit, really, really cool stuff. Um, so that both of those combined together, I've seen some amazing things for optimizing estrogen, even in men, of course, you know, your testosterone converts to estrogen, uh, specifically to estradiol and that, you know, we, we want to limit some of that. We want the estrogens to be in the appropriate level for men. And the, the, uh, hormone foundation does an excellent job of that because of the, its effect on many of these enzymes that upregulate that CYP1A1, 1A2 um, enzyme. And so, you know, when you're talking about these genetics and these genetic SNPs, single nucleotide polymorphisms, you have some people that come to the plate and their enzyme is functioning at 100%. And they take something like ciprofloxacin and that may cut its, en- I'm making these numbers up, but it may cut the enzyme activity in half where they're only you know, 50% functioning at 50%. Well, if you have somebody that has a genetic SNP where their 1A1, 1A2 is altered, they may come to the table only making 50% to begin with. So then you take Cipro on top of that. I don't mean to pick on Cipro. It's just, you know, the one at the top of my list. And now they're only function. They're only, you know, breaking down like 20%. Their enzymes only functioning at 20%. So, that's going to put that person at that much increased risk. And we want to do everything we can to optimize the way someone uh, metabolizes and, um, and breaks down these estrogens. And so when we're talking about bioidentical hormone replacement and optimizing overall health and reducing risk of breast cancer, we want to make sure that those enzymes are functioning to the highest level possible and it's really not a bad idea to get something like the Dutch test. Again, that's dried urine test for complete hormones, which will measure your four hydroxies, your two hydroxies, your 16 hydroxies, testosterone, all kinds of things. Excellent, excellent test. Um, I highly recommend that test. And it will tell us exactly how we are doing. So when people recommend supplements, uh, then we can actually measure how we're doing and what impact we're having. So a uh, really, really cool way uh, to evaluate specifically what we are doing with our supplements uh, in the clinic. Uh, so the genetic SNPs alter what you bring to the table to begin with. Uh, the nutrition that, you, you know, like grapefruit, as we discussed, reduces the effectiveness of that enzyme uh, or the amount of that enzyme. Uh, and so you, what you eat alters these enzymes and the expression of these enzymes both in a good way or a bad way, depending on what you're, what it is that we're eating and which enzyme we're talking about. So these SNPs are very important, um, and it really can alter your overall health. And I think it's important for everyone to understand those things. And I'm not saying run out and get all of your CYP450, excuse me, CYP450 enzymes checked, because it's very difficult, uh, and you can run yourself crazy by saying, oh, I can't eat that because it's going to re- regulate this, which is going to mess up that, which, I mean, you can, you lose a lot of sleep over that stuff. So uh, it's just when you're having an issue, measuring these things may help us understand why you're having a problem. 
so that's kind of what I wanted to focus on um, as far as the, the SNPs and another example of how it applies, and in this case specifically to bioidentical hormones and risk for breast cancer and optimizing the elimination of these hormones, uh, but also how your nutrition can play a role uh, in these uh, in these CYP450 enzymes, uh, which are uh, many of them are are uh, uh, SNPs or single nucleotide polymorphisms. So that's kind of where I wanted to go with that. I think it's great. And guys, make sure you check out the show notes. We'll have this uh, beautiful chart with the good, bad, and ugly breakdown between the 16, 4, and 2 hydroxy um, of your estrogen. So you can check that out. There you go. If you have any questions, need anything, don't hesitate to let us know. Be sure to go on iTunes and leave us a, uh, a review. We want to get our information out as much as we can. And as always, just let us know what you think. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast with Dr. Chad Edwards. Tune in next week where we'll be going against the grain.